I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the wind down tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, babe. Hello. What do you think? And just give me a wild guess. Okay. What you think a vagina looks like? On the inside. <laughs> like if you had to pick oh, a shape. Oh, on the inside. <laughs> yeah, on the inside. I mean, we know what a vulva looks like. But what do you think a vagina looks like on the inside? If you had to draw it. Um, I, the first, okay, honestly, the first image that came to my mind uh-huh. when you asked that uh-huh. immediately flashed into my head. Uh, Pinocchio, uh, <laughs> when he gets swallowed by the whale. <laughs> I saw the, oh my God. the interior <laughs> ridges, the uvula. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tongue. Wow. And the and then and the Pinocchio. Teeth, of course. The teeth, of course. Uh, we all know that great, vaginas have teeth. Great time to tell the people about my <laughs> vagina dentata. <laughs> and then I even and even a little Pinocchio in there building a fire so that he can get sneezed out. That's <laughs> my I got a <laughs> ladies, guess what? <laughs> you got a little got puppet a, making fire in there. Little Pinocchio building a fire so he can get sneezed out. He's, 
wafting a leaf at it. Uh huh. Get it higher. See, you know, <laughs> it's it, there's times where intuition just, you know, they give us the science. We don't need to explore because we already know. Why would we question that? So that's <laughs> so. so yeah. you would have no. You would. You would say this and then say no science required. That's it. I know it's true. Yeah. And I don't need any proof. Yeah. Well, guess what, babe? You're a lot like Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> Did you know that you had a lot in common with Leonardo da Vinci? I have always said so. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, our story today involves Leonardo da Vinci having a really dumb idea about a Pinocchio and a vagina and no <laughs> one checking his work for a long time. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. So I say let's jump in because... I- I want to take us to 1991 when Ida Sibelis' phone is ringing. Okay. And it's her best friend's partner, a doctor named Minko Victor Peck Van Andel. And he has a very normal question to ask sure. Ida. He wants to know if Ida and her boyfriend, Jup, would be willing to have sex in an MRI machine while he watches. Oh, <laughs> this is not a new kink or something that you haven't heard about. <laughs> Peck just wanted to create a totally unique piece of body art using the magnetic resonance imaging to show what's really going on internally when men and women have sex. Oh. He thought that would be a really cool art project. But this little sex experiment turned out to be pretty important for science as well. So let's hear about Ida and Jupe and the sexiest MRI art project turned scientific discovery in history. Uh, yeah, let's go. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Okay, before we dive right into the MRI sex yeah. stuff, um, we do need a little bit of backstory about the anatomical study of our reproductive organs. Of course. Um, so we're going to kick off this episode with a quick fling with history. Eureka! Well, babe, I hate to tell you this, but you're wrong about the Pinocchio thing. What? <laughs> I just want you to know. A woman's vagina isn't comparable to a, a cartoon whale's throat. <laughs> Not quite as capacious, I uh, guess. Sure. Oh, that's the public education, sex education classes At for work. you. You know, like, that's what we got. That's what I got. Pinocchio. Yeah, they just played Pinocchio for us, actually. And they were like, this is sex ed. Have fun. Wow. Well, you're not the only one who was misled because I don't know if you knew this, but for five centuries, science thought that a woman's vagina was perfectly cylindrical, huh? like a grain silo. Oh. <laughs> and that their cervixes opened up like a Pac-Man to interlock with the penis. Excuse me? <laughs> chomp, chomp, chomp. Literally chomp, chomp on your dick. Wow. So even with vaginal sex, you're getting oral sex but from a Pac-Man. Wow, I never thought about it like that. Well, Wow, guys, yeah, yeah. really getting the best of both worlds in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want to have their knob gobbled by a Pac-Man? <laughs> well, unfortunately, thanks to artist, scientist, and inventor Leonardo da Vinci, we did really think that. We okay. thought that vaginas were cylindrical and that the cervix locked with the penis. 
Um, Leo also thought that the penis went straight in and straight out with zero conformity to the female shape. Oh. Like real finger in your thumb hole vibes oh, from okay. Leo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he drew sketches of this in 1493, and we just kind of went with it for 500 years. I gotta wonder if somebody ever asked Leonardo da Vinci, like, hey, buddy, uh, you ever had sex before? <laughs> Like, do you know? And he's like, ah, oh, sure, yes. I, I do the, the sex all the time. You take the thing here, you put it in the hoo-ha. In and out, in and out. They're like, oh, oh, Leo. I I feel so bad for your lady friends. I don't know. Leo, Leo also some some gay stuff oh, okay. in his life. So maybe he's only, he only knew what, what, a, what it felt like to do a, a boy. I don't know. I do. That was uh, really like walking on glass way like, of saying that. He likes buttholes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, it, but it does. I mean, I don't have a penis um, myself. Right. But um, do you feel like when you have sex, does it feel like it conforms to a female shape? Like, do you feel it bending? Uh, I don't know. I guess I would say that I've never really put that much thought into the differences between those two sensations. <laughs> so it's hard for me to say, I guess. That's fair. That's I'll fair. try and pay attention next time. I mean, maybe that's what Leo had. He was like, I was busy thinking about this. Right, yeah. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, it goes straight in, straight out. <laughs> so yeah, he drew some sketches of this, and these sketches are known as coition figures. Okay. And while Leonardo da Vinci did study cadavers quite a lot, he did not use any for these sketches. He oh. just used some ancient Greek and Arabian medical texts. Oh, so he's like, it says here uh, <laughs> there's a four ghosts inside every woman's <laughs> cervix that grab on a penis and just yank on it. I will draw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mary Roach points out in her book, The Curious Coupling of Sex and Science, that if Leo had used cadavers, he probably wouldn't have left out the ovaries and the prostate from his sketches. Oh, right. Um, but even with that compelling evidence that his sketch was pretty sketchy, uh, it took a very long time for anyone to challenge his assumptions. That is until a gynecologist named Robert Latou Dickinson decided to give it a whirl himself. Mm -hmm. Mary Roach writes that this guy gathered data for his groundbreaking book, Atlas of Human Sex Anatomy, from the 1890s until the 1930s. Now, unlike da Vinci, Dickinson did use cadavers as well as living bodies for his research. Gotta say, I, I, I'm sure it's fine, but I do get automatically a little concerned when someone's like, I'm a sex researcher. I've been using all these cadavers. <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, no. They have um, to be very clear in the footnotes. Like, I yeah, did not. I wonder if that's like his constant thing. He's defending himself. Like every party he goes to, he's like, yeah, I do sex research. I have cadavers. And they're like, oh, yeah. You ever get just like, no, research? everyone makes that joke. I'm so sick of it. I'm not doing that. I'm making plaster casts of their dead genitalia. Right. Okay, totally normal and cool. <laughs> now, Mary talks about this guy using x-rays of wombs to trace pictures, like a uh, third grader trying to draw a really cool Batman. You know, I'm just going to trace that. I just remember that's what I did with tracing paper. Right, of course. Um, but he also, quote, over the years crafted 102 plaster casts of patients' hymens, vulvas, and vaginas in all their various forms and states. 
And this guy really wanted to rebut the claim that a man's penis just drives straight into and docks with the cervix. <laughs> right? Like he's, you know, I've, uh, excuse me, I've had my penis in a number of vaginas and I never felt a Pac-Man <laughs> chomping at my bits. I wonder if any women too were like, hmm, I don't think my cervix does that. Right. Seems very off, but I guess if you say so, doctor. <laughs> He wanted to disprove this partly because it was wrong and partly due to the popularity of a woman named Marie Carmichael Stopes. Now, Marie's expertise was in paleobotany, but she is best known for founding Britain's first family planning clinic and for writing a best-selling and quite controversial sex manual in 1918 called Married Love. Now, according to Mary Roach, Stopes wrote Married Love while she was a virgin. Oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe didn't know what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> um, apparently, her 1911 marriage to Reginald Ruggles Gates was annulled, unconsummated in 1914. But we found another article from the BBC that says that Reginald did not contest the annulment, but he did push back in court against Stopes' claims that he was impotent. He called her, quote, super sexed to a degree that was almost pathological and saying, quote, I could have satisfied the desires of any normal woman. Wow. (laughs) By the time we are done with foreplay, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I don't know, Reginald. It kind of sounds like what a guy would say if he can't keep his lady satisfied. (laughs) It's like a normal woman who only wants to have sex once a year would be very happy with me. Uh, Marie also apparently had an affair with a Japanese man in 1907. So anyway, she may have known a lot about sex when she wrote this manual. Okay. But most importantly, she was a very renowned scientist. She was globally known. She was a birth control pioneer. Okay. So a lot of people read her work. So when Stopes put out an article in 1931 called Coital Interlocking, where she claimed to have seen with her own eyes 48 examples of the cervix opening wide and, quote, closing round the gland's penis as a result of the stress of sexual excitation, um, probably a lot of people believed her. What? How could you see that? I don't know. Hang I was on. wondering the same thing. Excuse me. Could you just move your penis slightly to the left there inside that vagina? I've got to peer down and look at the cervix. <laughs> see if it's... As it's chomping up all the fruits <laughs> and eating ghosts. Also, the field of fertility was kind of just getting started around this time. And the going knowledge among physicians was that if you failed to interlock the dick with the cervix, that's what kept you from getting pregnant. Mm. So Dickinson so, was like, please, let me please show y'all that this is incorrect. So she's saying it's like docking a spaceship. Like you've got... Somebody up there on Apollo 69 saying, <laughs> Houston, we're making the approach. We've, we're about to insert uh, and, and make contact and lock with the cervix. Stand by for cervix opening. Houston's like, Roger that. Four degrees lateral rotation and then full thrusters. <laughs> sexy stuff. <laughs> it's really good. Really sexy really stuff going stuff, on. Yeah. And then you get this locking. <laughs> Mary Roach says that a copy of Stopes's article was found among Dickinson's papers with like exclamation marks all over it. Like as he was reading it, he was oh. just furious by everything she was saying. He was, was just saying. wow emojiing the whole thing. <laughs> Awk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, fortunately for fertility, Dickinson's <laughs> research proved that head-on penis-to-cervix contact, <laughs> spoiler alert, is actually pretty rare. Mm. <laughs> so they could turn their attention to other causes of infertility. Okay. But otherwise, we were still in cylindrical vagina territory. Okay. So everybody's still seeing the whale throat. Exactly. Everyone's still Brain real silo. confused about what yeah. shape is going on in there. Well, in 1974, the MRI, or the Magnetic Resonance Imaging Machine, was introduced with an image of a student's finger. Somebody was like, I gotta see what's going on in there. <laughs> I get it. Fingers are cool. Fingers are weird as hell. So a full body scanner became the number one priority, and that was completed only three years later. This machine enabled scientists and doctors to see inside your body without cutting you open, <gasps> which is revolutionary stuff that left those poor cadavers just feeling gutted. Oh. Get it? Because they weren't. <laughs> I bet all the living people were like, I approve. Uh, yes. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. <laughs> and this brings us back to the guy from our beginning of our episode, Peck Van Andel in 1991. Peck is a Dutch physiologist, and one day while he was in his lab, he was looking at this cross-sectional MRI of a professional singer's mouth and throat while she sang inside one of the MRI tubes. And this made him think of Leonardo da Vinci's coition figures. And he started to wonder if it was possible to, quote, take such an image of human coitus. Oh. Such a scientist's way of wondering that. <laughs> I do love that... Uh... Uh, throat made him think of oh there you go he was sitting he was watching pinocchio and he was like hmm vaginas Mm. (laughs) i Um. can only think of one thing right now (laughs) every time i watch pinocchio i got one thing on my mind (laughs) Um, so peck decided to team up with a gynecologist and a radiologist and he picked up the phone to call his friend anthropologist ida sabellis He told her he wanted to create a piece of body art using an MRI to make an image of the female reproductive tract during coitus. And, you know, would maybe her and her boyfriend be willing to be the subjects of his artwork? Mm. And that's an awkward phone call. I mean. Hey, Ida, how you doing? Um, How's the weather? What are you planning on doing this Christmas? Cool, cool, cool. Hey, quick question. Um, do you guys want to fuck inside a big magnet for me? <laughs> but it's it's not it's nothing weird. Yeah, it's not weird. It's, it's for science. Gross. It's for art. It's for art. It's for art. How many artists have said that? I know, right? And if anybody wants to come have sex on our podcast uh, <laughs> for art, give us a call. For art. Um. Vice writes that Peck kept stressing to Ida how no one had ever used the MRI to see this process before. He just kept repeating, quote, it's never been done. Never. They kept wondering if they could do it. Yeah. And they never <laughs> wondered if they should do it. <laughs> Ida told Vice that she was definitely skeptical. This is a really weird call to get. <laughs> I don't know where from your best friend's partner. But she's also like a passionate scientist as well. And she had spent her youth campaigning for women's rights. So Mm. she was very intrigued as well. She's probably thinking to herself, image me like one of your French girls, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) She also 
was like, you know, Peck has a medical research degree. He co-invented an artificial cornea. Oh, okay. So he's got some cred. And he also had access to an MRI machine. Helpful. And as Vice writes, quote, the academic gravitas to ensure the project wouldn't become porn. Ah, sure. Very important. So she and her boyfriend, Jupe, had a long talk, and they finally agreed to take part. But before we jump into the lab, let's just take a quick break, and we will be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome back, everyone. So Ida and Jupe joined Peck and his partners in a city called Groningen, where they'd be doing the experiment at the local hospital there. Ida describes to Vice that she was just, you know, making small talk with the scientists when she got a little, like, exasperated. She said, quote, I realized I was the only woman in the room. It was like, of course, I'm the only woman in a study about women's bodies. <laughs> Classic science problem. Oh, Lord, I know, right? 
Um, but this also got her moving. You know, she clapped her hand on her boyfriend Jupe's back and she said, quote, so shall we get on with it then? And, I love this so brisk to yeah. the point. <laughs> <laughs> so Jupe ran off to pee real quick. The scientist took out the retractable metal tray in the machine. And when Jupe got back, he and Ida got undressed and they climbed in naked. Now, a traditional MRI machine has an opening about 60 inches in diameter. So it's pretty cramped in there. Anybody who's ever got an MRI, I've had a couple. And yeah, I've it's, never uh, had one. It's tight. It's a little plastic tube mm-hmm. you got to slide into. Some people have serious claustrophobia. I was about to say, yeah, they start talking about wide yeah, or and wide standing or MRIs. Open our MRIs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because people do get so uncomfortable. Right. Ida talked Peck out of doing it missionary style because she said, quote, it is a position for me that produces hardly any arousal. Fair. Anyway, Jupe would have been too heavy in that tiny tube. Also So fair. <laughs> a lot of logistical issues with missionary. So they wriggled in this tiny little hole, ass to groin in a spooning position. It's funny, this uh, cylindrical tube they had to climb into makes me think of a vagina. <laughs> They were like, we're going to find out today if the vagina is shaped exactly like this MRI. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like one of those uh, those Russian dolls, you know, <laughs> smaller one inside a smaller one. How many cylindrical? And then we'll have cylindric- a whale swallow this MRI machine. Oh, my God. And we have ultimate vagina. <laughs> ultimate vagina. Well, they're in the machine. They're ass to groin, kind of spooning. And then the three researchers went into the operator's booth. The intercom crackled on, and Ida and Jupe heard, Can you hear us? And Ida responds, Yes, ready when you are. (laughs) I wonder if Jupe was like, How about I say when we're ready? (laughs) Yeah, right. Because Jupe was really worried that he wouldn't be able to get an erection under these circumstances. This is not a very comfortable, sexy place to be doing stuff. But he did manage it. Good for you, Jupe. Ida told Vice, quote, It became pleasantly warm in the tube, and we truly succeeded in enjoying each other in a familiar way. Okay. Now, there are some things to know about an MRI machine, so we can really put ourselves here (laughs) in this story. Um, So let's take a speed date with science. Searching for connection. MRI machines work by creating a strong magnetic field, which makes the abundant hydrogen protons in our bodies align, as Vox writes, quote, like a needle in a compass. Okay. Metal coils inside the machine generate a specific frequency of radio waves that momentarily alters the behavior and orientation of these protons. Okay. And Vox continues, quote, when that radio signal is shut off, the hydrogen protons realign with the magnetic field and in doing so emit radio waves that communicate their position in the body and the type of tissue in which they reside. Okay, I'm just going to keep saying okay as if it sounds like I know what you're talking about. Y- are you following me? <laughs> well, basically they're mapping the protons by hitting them with with uh, this ma- magnetization And then the radio waves come back and they basically have given them a picture of where everything is in the body. Yeah. And fortunately, radio waves are not harmful the way X-ray, you know, X-rays and CT scans can be harmful. Um, And those metal coils vibrate when the electric current is turned on and off. And that makes an MRI machine insanely loud. Vice describes it, quote, It's like a box full of charged hula hoops jumping around and clanging together, making it probably the loudest piece of medical equipment in existence. And on top of all that, 
The MRI machine that Jip and Ida were using was actually an older model that required the subjects to lie perfectly still for a full minute in order to capture an image. Oh, my God. We lie still for a full minute in the middle of sex. Sex is over. (laughs) I've lost interest. (laughs) I'm going to fall asleep. It's late. It's been a long day. (laughs) I'm passing out. (laughs) So... Picture it. <laughs> Bar this from Elizabeth, the ridiculous crime. Just picture it. Picture it. Jupe and Ida are doing it in this tiny, insanely loud plastic tube with three grown men watching everything they do from behind a glass window. And sometimes they just have to stop with Jupe inside her trying to maintain his erection for a full minute <sighs> and wait when the intercom would say things like, quote, The erection is fully visible, including the root. Hold that pose. <laughs> You know they laughed a lot. The root. The root. But they managed it. Mm -hmm. They did it after 45 minutes. As Ida describes it, quote, the microphone is telling us that we may come insofar as possible and that we only have to inform them in connection to the photo. We burst out in a roar of laughter. And some moments later, we do what is the purpose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is Again, the science my talk. favorite description of sex. <laughs> Do what is the purpose. I love it. And also that they were like, okay, feel free to come if you can, uh, but let us know so we can take a photo of it. <laughs> <laughs> But when Ida saw the images, which I assume it's like when you get off Splash Mountain and you go, they've got the four screens up there and they're showing everybody your pictures. Oh, oh, there I am. Do you want an eight by 10, a couple of wallet sizes? <laughs> I bet she did take an eight by 10 home. <laughs> she saw these and she was so happy. She told Vice, quote, it was like, oh, that's how we fit together. They were beautiful. I could see my womb. And then there was Jupe in a place that I knew from my own sensation just below the cervix. There was very clear features of both our insides, including the boundary between both our bellies. It showed so much detail. It made me speechless. That is cute, though, to be like, no, like, like, you know, it's not pornographic or something to her. She's like, look at how well this works. It makes sense. It feels good. And it looks good, I guess. I mean, if you see like I've seen um, like I've had kidney stones a couple of times. Right. And I've had uh, I've had some ultrasounds on my kidneys. Yeah. And you sit there and I feel, you know, the joke obviously is like, oh, is it a boy or a girl? You know, kind of thing. (laughs) But you sit there and you're watching your own organs mm-hmm. doing their thing and there is something really fascinating about it yeah you're like oh man that thing's keeping me going good for you <laughs> were you like oh cute that's how it fits in there yeah yeah right, that's my how my kidney, kidney fits stone. in there so cute <laughs> <laughs> but the detail that most interested peck van andel in these scans was as vice writes quote jip's penis had been forced into a curved boomerang shape from inside Jip's own body, it assumed an angle of about 120 degrees, which was something Leonardo da Vinci had never drawn. Wow. And at that moment, Peck knew they'd achieved something more significant than an arts project. They'd rewritten around 500 years of anatomical assumptions. Take that, da Vinci. Pretty amazing. That's crazy. A boomerang shaped. Yeah, I wow. guess it, it you you throw it and it keeps coming back to you. I mean, <laughs> so it makes it makes sense to me. Clearly for Ida, that jupe dick's always coming back. <laughs> I mean, they could do it for 45 minutes inside a plastic machine with three people watching them. I'm impressed. I'd say by their jupe. sex life is pretty good. Pretty fucking good. I'd boomerang my dick right back there too. 
Jip's like, give me an hour and we can go again. (laughs) So Peck is all excited about this. Peck and his team immediately write up their findings. They credited Ida as co-author. Makes sense. And they sent them off to the science journal Nature, who refused to publish it. Um, Unfortunately, many, many examples through history of sex science getting running straight into the wall of prudishness, general prudishness, and they have a really hard time getting published. So Peck thought, you know, I'll build up my research. We'll get more subjects. Um, He also got permission to use a different hospital that had a newer MRI machine. It only required a 12 second pause in the action rather than a minute. (laughs) So he's like, surely we'll be more successful (laughs) with this. But then Dutch tabloids heard about this and they started running fake stories about the project. Uh, Mary Roach says that they were quoting patients with life threatening conditions who claimed they were having to wait for their MRIs because creepy sex researchers were tying up the machine. Come on. This is total bullshit. Peck says they always use the machine after hours, so nobody was ever, you know, there was nobody going to use it anyway at that time. But even so, the hospital rescinded their permission because it was just too much backlash. They were like, we don't want to be involved. Peck told Vice, quote, it was completely disappointing. We found an unexplored area of research and no one wanted to let us finish the work because they were afraid of how it would look on their resumes. Probably a bunch of jealous virgins, too, who didn't want to <laughs> they didn't want to admit that they didn't know how sex works. They were like, the more people can explain it, the harder it's going to be for me to lie <laughs> about all either. the sex I'm having. Listen, if it's not a cylinder, I don't know what's going on in there. <laughs> I've been telling all my buddies down at the bar after work every day. Oh, yeah, I was in all kinds of straight cylinders the other night. It was like a Pac-Man grabbing my dick from the end on the inside. Felt amazing. You guys will love it. (laughs) All the other side just, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. I've been in the cylinder. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. You know what? It's just like Pinocchio. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Always thought so. Always thought so. Uh, So, Peck decided he was not going to give up. He spent months lobbying the Groningen hospital management to get back to their hospital because they had upgraded their MRI machine so they wouldn't have to use their old one minute wonder. You know, <laughs> Turned all the guys into one minute wonder. Uh-huh. <laughs> the head of the women's medicine and the head of radiology both finally said yes on the condition that Peck keep the project a secret and didn't publish anything. They're like, we don't want those virgins finding out. <laughs> they'll, they'll be terrible. So Peck told Vice that he said yes, figuring that he would, quote, cross the hurdle on publication once he got to that point. <laughs> He's like, I'll figure out how to lie uh-huh. eventually. But then another problem presented itself. None of Peck's subsequent subjects could maintain their erections in that tiny loud ass tube. <laughs> Jupe was really special. That project was effectively shelved until 1998 when Viagra was released. Peck got his hot little hands on the boner pill and resumed research, finally got his wider study. Literally, they called it a godsend. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Which I bet a lot of men did. A lot of people did, yeah. In all, Vice writes, quote, eight couples and three single women had sex in the hospital's MRI a total of 13 times. Mm. Which did the single women have sex with other people or? I actually don't know. I'm assuming that they maybe used a tool. 
Oh, okay. Um, because he really wanted to see the female reproductive tract, right. so maybe it didn't matter if it was a yeah. man's dick. You know, it was just okay. like a dildo or something. We put a little camera inside this jackrabbit. <laughs> We're going to go in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did wonder if, uh, I was like, when I first read it, I was like, with each other? Or like, right. <laughs> were they just in there alone masturbating? And they were like, we just want to see what it's like, what goes on when there's no dick in there, maybe, too? Like... We want to see what an orgasm looks like without the penetration. What happens when we leave three single women inside an <laughs> MRI machine together? Uh-oh, do we have a new reality show about to get started? <laughs> well, after eight years and three failed submissions, the British Medical Journal finally published the team's paper, Magnetic Resonance Imaging of Male and Female Genitals During Coitus and Female Sexual Arousal. And it was published on Christmas Eve of 1999. The sexiest night. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, so what did Peck discover in all this research besides uh, boomerang-shaped dick, right? right? Well, let's take a quick break and we'll find out right after this. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from ATT Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. ATT Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit ATT.com slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. 
I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Okay, so Peck was able to prove not only that dicks don't usually slide into the cervix, um, but that they do have to conform to the female shape. They don't just go straight in and out like Leo thought. Okay. But a couple of other things were uncovered as well. Firstly, the effect of sex on a woman's bladder. Even though all of the women had used the bathroom before getting busy in the MRI, Every single one of them had a full bladder by the end. It was super, super consistent. But to this day, scientists aren't really sure why. Peck told Vice, quote, We think it might be evolution's way to force women to urinate after sex. Perhaps our ancestors developed this function to avoid urinary tract infections. But that's only a hypothesis. I wonder if they considered um, the very interesting fact that a uh, woman's bladder is full every 15 minutes anyway. Wow. wow. Um, and wow. that you constantly have to pee all the time. <laughs> it never stops. Not not all <laughs> ladies are built like me, okay? <laughs> I'm built different. <laughs> I gotta pee again. I'm just built different. <laughs> but not only that, Mary Roach writes that, quote, before these MRIs, Few had realized how much of the penis lies hidden below the surface of the skin. Hmm. The root is nearly two-thirds again the length of the pendulous part. Oh. So, she continues, quote, if your erection is, say, six inches long, go ahead and say it's ten. I'll back you up. Oh, thanks, Mary. Damn it, Mary. You're out here <laughs> ruining Tinder dates all over, <laughs> all over the world. Hey, according to Mary Roach... <laughs> I'm a foot and a half long. It goes all the way up to my brain. You can't see the root, but I yeah. tell you it's there. <laughs> now, Mary Roach herself was part of a similar experiment around 2008. In writing her book, The Curious Coupling of Sex and Science, y'all scientists have got to get sexier with your book titles, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, but these are always so just like, oh, wow, you made the science of sex Sounds so exciting. Honestly, this is so funny to me because it's like the the way acadi- the academic world and the regular world uh-huh. don't quite mix. Yeah. Um, I've seen so many people be like, why are every sex therapist or sexologist or sex researcher is always like kind of an old lady who nobody would want to fuck? Like she oh, kind of looks Yeah, people said about like <laughs> Dr. Ruth and stuff. Like wow, people okay. are always talking shit. I don't think that myself. I'm just saying right, that's right, right. like the stereotype. But you know, if you if you're looking at what Peck is saying, they had to wrap it in the most academic, dry, yeah, that's fair. boring shit in order to get it published. Right. Whereas 
regular people who need to read it don't want to read that. Right. So I'm like, where where's the citizen's medical journal? Where I'm like, <laughs> no, Ida, tell me the sexy part. Make I want to know. Freaky. Make it freaky. Yes. <laughs> tell me the freaky deaky shit. Let Nicki Minaj retranslate <laughs> your Or Nikki Glazer. Or Nikki Glazer. <laughs> I feel like we know a lot more. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. It is so dry. But I guess that makes sense if he had to do it. Yeah. Still, they, I bet Dr. Ruth got busy back in the day. Oh, you know she did. That's how they know. I don't know. We're going to we're going to do another. I've uncovered so many fun sex researcher stories. OK, um, that we are going to do another episode later on about them. Can't wait. And you'll see they 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 often had to use themselves as the subjects. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got some experiments I need to run myself, actually. So <laughs> get out. The I'll book. get ready. So. As I was saying, Mary Roach was part of a similar experiment in 2008, and in writing her book, The Curious Coupling of Sex and Science, (laughs) she learned about a scientist named Jing Dang, who was a senior lecturer in medical physics at University College London, and this guy has been able to capture 4D ultrasound footage of anatomical structures like beating hearts and an erecting penis. The point of imaging genitals is to help diagnose and treat issues like Peyronie's disease, which can cause painful and crooked erections. But Dang wants to go further, and he wants to capture ultrasound imaging of real-time human intercourse. Because, aside from the fact that it just sounds cool to him, <laughs> uh, it, he thinks it could be useful to diagnose and figure out the cause of things like dyspareunia, or painful intercourse. With clear images of what's going on in there, he hypothesizes, you know, maybe we can figure out why intercourse is painful and maybe even fix it. Although I worry for Dr. Dang here Hmm. saying, I don't know, every time I have sex, women say it's painful, but we just can't figure out the cause. Oh, Lord. Poor (laughs) Dr. Dang. Dr. Dang, do you ever ask them? Nope, there's no reason. There's no answer. No one can figure it out. It's a total medical mystery. I'm sure you had other people. No, yes, it's a serious problem. Yeah, it is. So Mary, reading this, she reached out to Dang and asked if she could witness his first scan as Mm -hmm. research for her book. And to her surprise, Dang responded and said he'd be happy to let her watch if she could just find him some participants (laughs) for her to watch. (laughs) So Mary had a conversation with her husband, and they decided to volunteer themselves. Mm. And like Ida and Jupe, they lay spooning, ass to groin. She writes, quote, On the wall, someone has hung a painting of a hillside harbor town, as though by looking at it, we could convince ourselves that we were on the Amalfi Coast, (laughs) or just as good, that Dang was. (laughs) Try and imagine me far away on a beach somewhere, (laughs) not in the room with you. Uh, He gave Mary's husband, Ed, a Maxim magazine to get him going. He was like, this is very erotic. And Mary was like, I guess the sight of his wife in a freaking medical gown is not a sexy thing. I don't know. And then they joked with the doctor about like, where's the candles and the soft music and all the sexy (laughs) curtains or whatever. And he seemed like kind of comically disappointed that he could not provide it to them. Uh (laughs) Then she writes, quote, he brightens. I can turn on my laptop. I have the soundtrack to Les Mis. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing gets me going like the proletariat. Who is getting busy to the soundtrack of Les Mis? Please write in immediately. Ridiculous at gmail.com. Well, Mary and Ed got themselves into position, and Dang took the still images first, holding the ultrasound wand up to Mary's belly. 
She wrote, quote, We must hold still for several seconds, like Victorians posing for a daguerreotype. <laughs> and Dr. Dang instructs Ed to, quote, Please make some sort of movement in and out. Oh, thank you <laughs> for the instruction. <laughs> but at one point, he has to reboot the ultrasound. Mary writes, quote, Fortunately, it only takes a few seconds, sparing Ed the necessity of also rebooting. <laughs> Everybody has such fun ways of not saying yeah. hard penis. <laughs> uh, she continues, quote, Ed keeps up an idle, disaffected rhythm. He and Dang chat about their children. I'm taking notes, or half of me is. I feel like a secretary in a ribald French comedy. <laughs> and then she goes on and writes this conversation that Ed and the doctor are having. <laughs> he says, oh, you look so young to have a 15-year-old. How old are you? Oh, I'm 45 in August. And the little one? How old? Just two and a half. You can ejaculate now. <laughs> <laughs> How uncomfortable. So Brutal. Also, can you ejaculate under that? I mean, like, how do you have an orgasm? I'll tell you this. I don't want to find out. Okay, fair enough. All right. <laughs> Eli's like, MRI sex for our marriage is off the table. Well, how much does it pay? Well. Uh, Mary goes on to say that however useful these ultrasound images may be, quote, they bore no more relation to sex than a smile held for a camera does to the real thing. Ultrasound movies are a superficial rendering of the complex and varied body-mind meld that we call sex. And that's very interesting. Like, mm -hmm. it, you can't not, it can't not be staged. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, this is still a performative version of sex. Yeah. Well, and she's like, I mean, again, he's keeping up the disaffected rhythm. He's barely uh -huh. here. You know, I'm barely here. It's, it's total mechanic. You'd have to invent a bed that is also an MRI. That, you know, you just use every night and it, you just have to normalize it. Right. And there's right. no pausing mm -hmm. and no intercom. It mm -hmm. just has to take a full recording and then they go, they scrub through it later. Hmm. That's that's the future. Then you can really get. Yeah. The, or maybe they need to bring in some candles and lay mid. Oh, yeah, candles might help. Candles <laughs> Start might help. Plan lay mid. <laughs> Peck. <laughs> what have you thought about that? <laughs> Well, I, what I thought was interesting was that Ida said something kind of similar to Mary Roach. Now, Ed, Mary Roach's husband, a lot like Peck Van Andel's subjects, had to use Viagra to get through this little experiment. Right. Um, and Ida takes it as a point of pride that she and Jupe are like the only couple to manage without Viagra. They okay. were like the only people to do this without needing that boner pill. Okay. Ida takes it as a point of pride. <laughs> I mean, you know, way to go, Ida. I feel like that's more Jupe's accomplishment, but that's just me. It is funny. Ida is um, is a co-author of this paper. Right. Jupe is not. Yeah. Um, I he's don't know like, if that's just because he's not a scientist. He's or like, keep my name off that He was like, thing. I'm good. I, I'm all right. Um, but it's still, it's the number one thing that she's cited for uh, in other papers. Oh, wow. So anyway, one of Peck's team uh, kind of, theorized that Ida and Jupe were able to do this experiment without Viagra because they had a background in performance as amateur street acrobats. <laughs> so he's like, first of all, you're used to performance anxiety. <laughs> and second of all, you can like bend your bodies in unusual oh, okay. ways. And that makes you able to like perform in this tiny tube and stuff like that. You have the stamina and the flexibility to actually Man. go through with this sex. Or now whatever. I want to see their street act. For real. <laughs> Maybe that's why Peck chose her. Maybe that's why he called her. He's like, she's a scientist. 
She's also an acrobat, <laughs> and she's in a loving relationship currently. It's Who else has all three? The trifecta. <laughs> the yeah. trifecta of MRI sex. <laughs> but Ida doesn't mention her acrobatic background at all. For her, it comes down to something a little harder for science to measure. Harder. <laughs> she told Vice, quote, For me, the experiment was also a testimony to mine and Jip's happiness. I think that's something the paper missed. How connected a couple must be to perform under those kinds of conditions. So as Mary concludes, quote, sex is far more than the sum of its moving parts. Interesting. And I found that really cool that both those women had a very similar reaction to it. Scientifically, this is very interesting, but I can't say that that sex had anything to do with sex in my mind when i think of having sex oh yeah that's not it looks nothing like that no it feels nothing like that and i wonder i, w- I kind of wish that they had asked jupe or any of the men involved how they felt you know emotionally right. about that sex right versus the physicality of it yeah know? yeah definitely because i know it's much more a question in female sexual arousal the emotion and the your mindset and stuff oh yeah they never ask men about Man, that it's like, just get the blood down there and you're good to go. Right. <laughs> like... right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And in fact, I, I'd even push back a little bit against Ida's statement there. I don't I don't know if she's really saying this, but in terms of their ability to perform, mm-hmm. uh, w- you know, without any medical assistance is not a testimony to their happiness, because surely plenty of couples are you know, very happy together, uh-huh. but still could use some assistance in the MRI machine while they're trying to have sex, you know, like <laughs> they're listening or, to some or clang even, and hula. Right. Or even just in their in their own bedrooms. Like it's not really reflective no. of of the quality of your relationship. But, you know, good true. for them. I think that's true. Yeah. But I, I do that. She was like, you know, it wasn't about anything like that. We just were able to put it aside yeah. you know we had we had enough feeling between us that we we're able to like kind of ignore that she's being modest they're superhuman freaks is really what it comes down to <laughs> 45 minutes with full minute long pauses throughout three dudes watching you and commenting the whole time with scientific terminology like the root is exposed <laughs> like no they're not normal and she still came yeah, and she's just like, well, it just comes down to the fact that we're just, you know, we have a really strong romance. I'm like, no, no, no it's more than that. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> That's outrageous. Speculation station. I just got a voyeur thing. She wants me to watch her. Oh. She likes to be watched. Is. That's the longest they've ever lasted. Oh, shit. Yeah, Jupe and Ida both, they're like, finally. Actually. Let's not tell them, but we've been waiting for someone to ask us to have sex in front of them. They start volunteering for all kinds of weird sex experiments. <laughs> what sex Watch look- us do it upside down. Yeah. What does sex look like underwater? We'll do it. We'll do it. We're acrobats. <laughs> Fascinating. This is such a cool story. I, I really, it's, it was really interesting to learn more about just the mechanics yeah. and how little we understood about. I was very surprised to hear that people thought a vagina was shaped like a cylinder. Were you? I was. I don't know why. You knew that wasn't the case. I don't I don't know that I knew it, but I, I don't <laughs> think that's what I would have drawn yeah. for you if you asked that, me. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes we see a lot of these like, uh, and they're funny videos, but people be like, I went out on the street and asked men if they know how what, cervical contraction or some crazy right, shit right, right. works. And they have the stupidest answers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't feel like I need to know that personally. <laughs> I don't know things about my own body right. and, and I'll make it through my whole life just fine. 
without knowing those extreme details. Obviously, I wouldn't then decide to legislate those body parts. And I know that's where yeah. a big part of that comes from. Yeah, I don't but think also, anyone like, would care. The idea of like mocking people for not having a, a robust education mm-hmm. in the specific details. Yeah. Of like, I don't know, why would I know the shape of a vaginal canal? Oh, I mean. Well, I mean, I'm just saying had, as opposed experienced to. experienced ones. <laughs> yes, but I'm just saying as opposed to like, you know, what they thought for hundreds of years. Right, right. I mean, well, the, you know, that is a good point. Even gynecologists thought it was still right. shaped and that you went straight in and out. You know, they just didn't. I, I guess the real story is how long it takes for anyone to give a fuck about yes. how it works for women. Yes, <laughs> you know? definitely. And a lot of sex science, science is about like, oh, I guess we'll finally see what an orgasm is for ladies. Like, what is that? Like, uh-huh. like they're just finally kind of. It, I think we just saw headlines like a month ago where science was like, you know what? We don't know shit about the clitoris. We uh-huh. really don't know anything. We know nothing. I uh-huh. guess we should start looking at it. Y'all think right. like we should look at that like, since more than half of the world has one. Right. And they took like one look in like day two. They were like, holy shit. It's, it's so huge. different than we thought it was. <laughs> huge. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, that was, it didn't take you very long. Not at all. You could just look. <laughs> Why didn't anyone think to look at this before? Be interested. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that sort of was kind of the interesting thing to me was that literally, the, you know, we had a drawing from 500 years ago that everyone was like, yeah, sure. Why Good Why enough. look into it? Why, right. why check this guy's work? He's Leonardo da Vinci, uh-huh. you know? Why not? It was 500 years ago. <laughs> We've learned a lot of things since then. Everything's fine. Women are clearly fine. There's no reason to look any further. <laughs> Fully satisfied. <laughs> All the women of the world having no medical issues related <laughs> to wow. this. Lack of knowledge. Fascinating. Um, but yeah, I think that's really cool that there are people brave enough to do that. I could yeah. not have sex in an MRI machine with anybody watching me. Yeah. There's no way. So I'm very glad that I don't, I didn't jupe found, <laughs> found their voyeurism deep within yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> well, and to your point about mocking people, I was thinking about this the other day because the internet's so mean, as you know, True. if someone doesn't know something or they say something kind of ill-advised. People will share it and be like, look at this dumbass, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes you find out that the person that is talking is maybe really young or uh-huh. something. Like, they just don't know. It's right. not like they're like a 67-year-old man saying some shit. Right. And I, I kind of thought to myself, like, I, I do wish that we would sort of decide that learning is a fun thing. Like, it, yeah. teaching people is fun. Yeah. And if someone is like has a question or is confused about something instead of being like, look at this fucking moron. Like instead of being like, oh, I have a chance to tell <laughs> An you something. Yeah. Uh, I know this. I actually know this and I can tell you the answer. Yeah. You know, it's way more, I don't know, pleasant right. <laughs> experience for everyone involved. True. Um, and I, I do it too. So I was kind of telling myself, I was like, try to remember that learning is fun. <laughs> Teaching can be fun. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I, like if you were to go out on the street and ask women, what they thought a cervix looked like or to point one out. I bet a lot of women couldn't do it either. Sure. I mean, you know, we also don't get a lot of information about our reproductive system. Yeah. Um, and in doing this research, they were saying the cylinder thing really matters because on t- like tampon boxes, they still show tampons right. go straight in and out. Uh-huh. There's it's a cylinder like it just goes straight in. There's no question about how it works. So it, it is like there, there are probably plenty of women and girls who grow up thinking, yeah, it's a, I guess it's a cylinder and the dick goes straight in and out. I hadn't thought about it, really. Uh-huh. But if I thought about it, I guess, sure, why not? When you in know? fact, like, it's like a corkscrew. <sighs> Whoa. <laughs> That's a, a duck stick. A Jeremy Bear me. 
<laughs> Jeremy Barony. <laughs> a woman's reproductive tract. It's like a Jeremy Barony. Uh. Yeah, yeah, the time knife. We've all seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope y'all learned something about uh, vaginas today. Right? I know and penises. I did. I learned a little bit about penises, too. True, true. Yeah. Turns out the female body does make them change shape. Yeah. And the male body is, uh, everyone's penis is longer than they thought it was. Yay! There's <laughs> celebration in the streets. <laughs> Schools are closed for the day. National holiday. International <laughs> holiday. Men all over the world thrilled to learn. Parades in every capital city. <laughs> you know, that's, I really feel like in the right period of time, if you had learned this, <laughs> that was exactly what would happen. <laughs> Oh, we could have like the Japanese penis festival. Yeah. They have a big penis festival in Japan sure. every year. We could have that. <laughs> but Let's it's like, look, it's actually double the size that you thought it was. <laughs> They're like, and yeah, yeah, something about women too. Anyway. Whatever. Long dicks. Who cares? <laughs> oh, well. well, look, please let us know what y'all thought of this episode and this information. Mm -hmm. uh, send us a diagram of what you think a uh, <laughs> vaginal canal and cervix look like, and we'll post it on our Instagram. <laughs> and not mock you. We will be yeah. happy to pleasantly teach you something new. <laughs> so shoot us an email. Ridicromance uh, at gmail.com. Right. Or if you like to have sex to the beautiful sounds of the Les Mis soundtrack, oh, I want to yeah. hear from you. Definitely. Uh, you can slide into our DMs as well on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And I'm at Oh Great, it's Eli. And the show is at Riddick Romance. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Yes, uh, we really appreciate you spending your time with us. Definitely. I uh, hope you learned something new and we will catch you all the next one. Cannot wait. Bye. Bye. So long, friends, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. 
breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.